You have to eat the dream. You have to sleep the dream. You have to dream the dream. You got to touch. You have to see it when nobody else sees it. You have to feel it when it's not tangible. You have to believe it when you cannot see it. You got to be possessed with the dream. The dream. Yeah. What's up, guys, and welcome to Straight From The Chest Podcast. My name is Justin Groth, and I'm your host on this personal development, personal growth podcast. Listen, if this is your first time on the show, I just want to welcome you. I want to thank you for tuning in. If this is your 200th time tuning back in, I want to thank you for coming back and joining us again. It means a lot to me to give me your time, your listening ear. So thank you, thank you. And listen, if this is a podcast you derive any value from, please don't hesitate to share it with somebody else. You might feel will have value from it as well or just share it on your Instagram stories just to help to deliver more awareness of the podcast and help to um, multiply things for us here. So listen, today we have a really special guest. He's my friend Dwight McLean, owner of TaylorMade Bands. He's a fitness badass. And uh, Dwight, what's up, brother? Thanks for being here. Man, thanks. We finally caught up. It's finally is what has been over a year since you yeah, reached man. out over so. a year. We're mm-hmm. finally making it happen, bro. Yeah, we're here, man. So tell us kind of tell the viewers, cause I mean, obviously I know who you are, but tell the viewers who you are, what you do, what your specialty is. Just tell me about some of your business ventures you got going on because, um, you got some, some things, man. And, and you've been doing a lot of things throughout these last couple of years, mm-hmm. um, with your, with your business, tailor made bands and, and not to mention your personal training business. So, but tell us, tell the viewers rather, or the listeners a little bit about yourself up front. Um, Dwight McLean, like he said, uh, running the TaylorMade Bands page on Instagram and Facebook. Um, selling a lot of products just from, just want to be like the Amazon of bands, you know, just selling as much as I can to people, try to service people as much as they can, especially during the pandemic. Um, you know, a lot of people couldn't really work out at the gym. So I try to supply them with as much as I can with home products. That's like maybe my niche. Um, you know, the people out there that don't really want to get, you know, super muscular. They don't really care about getting like, you know, the crazy physique. They just want to move. They want to stay in shape. So I attack that, um, you know, the stay at home moms, you know, the people that love the fun looking workouts, you know, even though a lot of people, you know, give them a lot of shit about it you know like if it's effective or not but the end of the day people just want to move right and they want to have fun moving so i try to to, you know attack that crowd you know and right now i'm doing that you know still i train a couple people you know here and there i might drive to their house and train them and uh you know just do a couple of personalized training and then i train a couple of people online as well so you know i try to stay in the fitness industry but i'm an entrepreneur at the end of the day um, I love to venture off in other things, you know, like I'm interested in learning about, you know, crypto. Uh, I've been doing that for like a whole year, just learning and like smallly, you know, investing slowly and surely um, into the future. You know, I like to look ahead and see where we're going as far as, uh, you know, as people and where the money's flowing. You know what I mean? So um, that's just kind of what I'm interested in. And I just like to have fun with it. And I'm very spontaneous. You know, you never know. I never know what I want to do the next day. And that's kind of the beauty of it because I don't like doing the same thing. I kind of get bored and, you know, I'm like, I like to, you know, have my niche, you know, what I do. But then I like to have like, you know, that 20, 30 percent of myself to venture off and see what else I'm capable of. That's important. And that's 
what a lot of us lack. I lack that mm -hmm. because I, I found myself so tunnel vision towards one thing and I mm -hmm. almost abdicate myself of any other thing on the sidelines and it can be a good thing and it can be a bad thing right. because like for me, at least when, when I, when I develop a routine and a structure and boundaries, I'm so OCD and rather addicted to that specific tunnel that I'm venturing down that I don't see anything else. Mm -hmm. And like I said, that can be a bad thing because I do want to be open. I think humanly, I want to be open to more things and different mm -hmm. ventures, but like chemically, I don't think I'm set up that way, mm -hmm. you know? So I've always, it's like you always envy what you don't have in people. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that I kind of am in a good way, envious of you, that you can have this type of a, a mindset where you can venture onto other things and still have the hub intact. Mm -hmm. You still come back to headquarters. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I, I, I don't know if I'm wired that way, bro. And mm -hmm. like I said, I, I, I don't like that I'm like that, but that's just the way that God built me at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Like I just tunnel and that's fucking it, you mm -hmm. know? And so the, the having multiple streams, mm -hmm. I've always believed in that, but mm -hmm. somehow my wiring can't get behind it. Like mm -hmm. I, I almost feel like I'm lackluster in the main thing if I do do that. Mm -hmm. But you, the reason why I, I reached out and I said, listen, we got to do a podcast together because I love your stance on things. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think when I first came to know who you were a couple years back and it was, it was through, I think, mutual friends, mm -hmm. you know, people's po uh, posts and everything pop up on the Explorer app and, and everything. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we started rapping one day over DMs and, and I just really liked your, your energy, at least what I gathered through the DM. And, um, in fitness, it's about a camaraderie. That's what sticks us together mm -hmm. most of the time. Right. And so you, I just felt that right away. And I, and I wanted to, you want to be around like-minded people, whether or not you're around them personally, you want them in your database, so to speak, mm -hmm. you know, you want them to be a part of you, you know, in, in a, or in a, rather an extension. And so that's where, that's what I felt a gravitational pull towards you with was I felt that way about you. And so I, I, I kept, you know, inter intermittently here and there reaching out or playing mm -hmm. on stories or what have you. But one of the things that drew me to you was your, your work ethic mm -hmm. with tailor-made bands. For those of you who don't aren't really, I mean, look, tailor-made bands has blown up over the last couple of years. I mean, I've, I've gone into multiple gyms in my area mm -hmm. where you're not from. This is hours away mm -hmm. and I've seen tailor-made bands on the fucking floor, mm -hmm. you know, right next to the people using them, yeah. but they're on the floor yeah. and I'm so proud that I know that person that makes that band, mm -hmm. you know, I don't, I don't bombard the person with that fact mm -hmm. that's using the band, mm -hmm. but it just, it feels good to me that I'm surrounding myself with like-minded people like that, mm -hmm. that are actually doing something that's showcasing itself and building something of utility for others. Mm -hmm. And so you just, I've never told you that, mm -hmm. but that's something to be proud of, right? Yeah, no, I, mean, I appreciate that too. The <laughs> fact that your bands are, are getting out there like mm -hmm. hours away, mm -hmm. <laughs> people are using Claremont bands. So I just think it's cool as shit, man. And that's something you should be proud of. And, and I know you are, and you're a very humble guy. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing that I, that's another quality that I liked about you and I still do obviously, and I value 
because a lot of people, when they get any type of clout mm -hmm. or following a reputation, mm -hmm. they tend to look down on others mm -hmm. and they tend to see themselves as too big for their britches. And I never gather that from you, which is another reason why I wanted the podcast, mm -hmm. because I just see you as such a genuine, authentic person. And I know that the things that you're going to say, because I'm sure we'll get into some topics, mm -hmm. they're going to come in an authentic way. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love the most. I mean, part of the, part of my whole, I guess, the dynamic before we get into the podcast is always, I always distribute with people, look, I want you to be authentic and transparent. Whatever hap whatever is said is whatever said, mm -hmm. you know, I don't want to do any kind of brainstorming beforehand mm -hmm. because I want it to all be straight from the chest mm -hmm. off the cuff. I want it to be organic, authentic. And, um, but anyways, I wanted to talk to you about your business venture. So, Look, I know that you had an idea and I know this idea stemmed into what it is now and it's going to keep propagating itself in the future. It's mm -hmm. not over. This is not where TaylorMade band stops and it's just like, mm -hmm. we're just going to kind of, you know, ride the waves now. It's mm -hmm. not going to, it's going to keep going because mm -hmm. it's going to venture into other things. Mm -hmm. But tell me, tell us a little bit about how that came to fruition, the genesis of it. And what are some of the biggest struggles you had in the interim of developing it? Uh, how it came about was, uh, well, first, thank you for all that. Of course. <laughs> You're praising me. But no, thank I you. I was, man. brother. Thank you. I, I mean, I can't get here without people, you know? So, um, I, I mean, I like taking credit, but I can't, right? Because my business was really based off of uh, uh, influencers and social media and you know, as we all know, you can you can spread anything as fast as you want on social media, right? Especially if people pick up on it, and especially if it's new and it's effective and it's changing lives. So that was like my main uh, thing that I wanted to do. Just listening to different podcasts, listening to different uh, people on you know YouTube and uh, you know great owners of big businesses. Um, they want to change people's lives. They want to reach to as many people as possible. So the band was like, everybody needs a band, you know, but what got me to what got the business to with the point where, uh, well, I'll just start, I'll start by, I'll start by talking about how I got started, got started with, um, you know, I'm a trainer at a gym and I'm like, okay, training is fun. It's cool. But how can I not be here and make, still make money? Cause I do love training, but I mean, is it going to pay the bills? And and I live in Corona, California. It's expensive out here, you know. So I thought about you know passive income was a big thing with real estate and you know e-commerce was big back in 2016, 17. So you know I wanted to get my foot in the door and I saw Mark Bell on Instagram selling bands, and he was selling like the arm bands, slingshot. like the fabric slingshot bands, mm -hmm. and then he was selling like the hip circle bands, but his page was mainly just, you know, whites, no, no blacks, no Mexicans, no Asians. And they probably sell to them, but I didn't think his page was very diverse. And I felt like not a lot of people were even using these bands either. Like he had a niche of people that were only using it, which was like power lifters. And I'm like, well, what about the regular, you know, 
person that just wants to get into fitness, you know, and they want to have fun. So I'm like, I don't see too many pages selling this type of stuff. And I feel like, you know, there's a big market out there for this. So the main thing was the, the hardest part was to find the fabric and, you know, finding people to like Alibaba wasn't big back then. It wasn't like everybody's buying from Alibaba now. It's very saturated. It's like it's easy. It's just on the, just the app and you just order. But back then people didn't know about that. And um, I had a friend that worked for the Olympics and he knew how to source, you know, products from everywhere. Um, just talking to him, he helped me build a website. He didn't give me any products at the time. I was selling clothes first. I was selling hoodies that said Taylor made bands. I was selling like different slogans on your shirts, like savage as fuck, like stuff like that, like dope slogans. And I was selling, I would sell that out, out the trunk of my, uh, at the gym. I want a savage as fuck to you. Yeah, yeah. Those <laughs> sold out fast. I didn't even know you had that. I yeah, want that. Yeah, I don't even sell them anymore because clothes is just so much work, like sizes, colors, and then yeah. it's just too much work. So I stopped doing that. And then, uh, so since I'm selling fabric already and clothes, right, I go downtown LA. There's a bunch of fabric down there. And I had a friend named Streets, and he was just riding with me every single day. We would go down there and we were selling hoodies. I would sell hoodies at concerts, Kanye concerts everywhere I was just hustling 12 o'clock at night concerts are out I'm there with hoodies selling them and then like I said I saw the Mark Bell thing and I'm like let me find this fabric I go downtown I'm going through all the districts finally find some fabric find somebody to sew it you know going through a lot of uh, difficulties because it's either too long it's too light are people going to like it finally find something that works I start selling it it's expensive I'm not getting it overseas I'm getting it here in the U.S. So I'm selling them for like $35 a band they were selling because it was new. Right now, the band sell for like 17 Some people are selling three for 20 you know, on Amazon. Same material. Similar, but people can't tell, right? Mm -hmm. Can't tell. So um, it's very competitive now. Back then, I had no competition. I didn't have Amazon overtaking everyone. So I can sell them for $35 a band. Um, so, you know, I finally got that going and then I started to send it out to influencers. The first influencer that was huge that really put me on the map was Crystal within your hometown. So she put, she started to promote them. At the time she only had like 55,000 followers. Only. Only. <laughs> Cause right now she has almost close to 200 and then a lot of influencers have millions. So I would send it out and since it was so new, it was easy for me to send it out to people. They're like, oh, my band my rubbery band keeps snapping. This this fabric band is way better. So it was easy for me to just send it out to people and you know pay them to promote. Some people would just promote for free because it was so new. So I just think I got in at the right time. It was hot, hot market. Um, then I just expanded from there, you know, different products and just give people some, some other products to have fun with, you know? So it's got me to this point. It's been fun. It's still fun. Um, the pandemic was crazy. Now after the pandemic is slowing down. Um, so, you know, just trying to find out what I can come up with next. I love creating products. I, I created like little squat wedges. Um, you know, I drop ship, you know, weight vests, sliders. A lot of these things you can just use at home. You know, since I think that we're going to that route, you know, anyways, you know, with people staying home or just wanting to stay home, period. I mean, I know a lot of people can't really go back to work because there's no work so um i know it's a tough time for a lot of people um and uh you know if they can keep moving at home and i can give them something to have fun with at home which is my next idea 
um, that I want to come up with, I think that would be great. You know, I want people to still move. Like when you're home, you see the same thing all the time. And it's hard to just want to work out at home. Like who works out at, who just like, okay, I'm gonna work out at home. I know I don't think like that because I'm like, I'm going to go to the gym, but I want to think about the person that's working from home. How am I going to get them to move? You know? So, um, you know, that's going to be difficult. I know that people do online training, you know, apps. I know people are thinking that right now, but people will get tired of, they need toys, you know, physical toys, you know, instead of just, cause you get stuck glued looking at the phone. If you're doing an online training program, I know many people get a text or they get something or notification from another app that's going to throw you off your workout. So what's going to keep you working out? You need a toy. You need a physical toy. You have to, your attention needs to be on what you're doing because the phone is not, it's, it's a distraction because you, you have a thousand other apps that can pop up. So, um, you and I like going to the gym mm-hmm. because we like people, right? That's why we're personal trainers. Mm-hmm. That's why we chose that Avenue. We didn't choose that Avenue because we want to be fucking millionaires because mm-hmm. we clearly know you're not going to be a multimillionaire being a trainer unless you own a sling of personal training gyms that are mm-hmm. all doing awesome. Right? right? Mm-hmm. We love people. We love camaraderie. We love the energy that we get. That's why we like going to the gym. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why I could I could surmise that's why you like going to the gym. Because that's yeah. why I like going to the gym. I like mm-hmm. being around people and energy and all that. Training at home is boring. Mm-hmm. It's just boring. Mm-hmm. And for like the mom, they can get sidetracked doing laundry, dealing with kids mm-hmm. and all this sort of thing. That you're right. If they have something tangible and something that like you and I look forward to, like, let's say you get a new pre-workout. I know I do. Mm-hmm. If I get a new pre-workout, even a new flavor pre-workout, mm-hmm. I'm fucking excited mm-hmm. to try the pre-workout. Right. It's little things like that. Mm-hmm. But little things keep you incentivized and inspired to keep going. Right. Keep, you know, because at this point, what else do we got? Right. You know, it's, it's probably... It's probably applicable to say that you and I have reached our genetic limit, probably in mm-hmm. muscularity, what we're going to develop on a natural level, mm-hmm. no steroids, gear, anything like that. Mm-hmm. So now it's a psychological thing. What's going to keep us enthused to keep training? Something like pre-workout flavor differentiations mm-hmm. can be the fucking ticket, you know, or like adding in maybe if you haven't for a long time, creatine monohydrate, you know, something stupid like that. But these things like keep us incentivized. And then on your end, these different tangible objects that you can throw in your workout, like the wedges, like the bands, mm-hmm. all that sort of thing, the weighted vest, these mm-hmm. things help us to keep like motivated, man. I hate mm-hmm. using that word, but just honed in on the task at hand. Mm-hmm. It's hard to say honed in on the task at hand when it's the same repetitive movements over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And the likelihood that you're going to get any different change your body mm-hmm. is probably not going to happen. It's probably empty in that regard. And I hate to say it for mm-hmm. those of us that have been training for years on end, consistent with diet, mm-hmm. sleep, hygiene, everything. It's likely not going to, we're not going to change our bodies. Like our quads probably are going to get any bigger. Our chest isn't getting really getting any bigger. Arms are going to get any bigger. You know what I mean? So now it's about what do we do to keep our sanity in our workouts and to keep us moving forward because we want this for life. It's not something that's going to die. It's not a season we're in. It's not a venture we're going down and then we're going to quit when we're 50 or whatever. It's forever, man. Mm -hmm. You know, so 
what you're doing by creating these things, these things, not only are you helping people, and this is kind of your ministry. Mm-hmm. This is the way that you're ministering to people. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but personal training as well. <clears throat> but you're able to make a business for yourself, for your family, and maybe hopefully pass on something to your kids. Mm-hmm. And that's monumental, man. Mm-hmm. You know, most people don't think like that. Mm-hmm. So the fact that that's your forward way of thinking, or that's really your, your biochemistry is fascinating. And that's what I really wanted to talk about because there are people that listen to this podcast that are somewhat apathetic. You know, they feel like they have no purpose or they feel like what they're doing right now is empty and there's nothing really enthralling about their lives. And why do they even wake up? You know, what's keeping them waking up every day? And the fact of the matter is we have to have something incentivizing to wake us up. You know, there's got to be something to look forward to. And the horrific truth is that life is not always like that. We're not always going to wake up with an, with a massive incentive to look forward to. In fact, most days are shit. Most days you don't wake up to anything. Most days you just wake up and grow through the routine like it's groundhog day. So what keeps you going when those days are prevalent more prevalent than the days that are incentivizing uh i mean you you're gonna like you said a lot of days it's so repetitive that it it puts you mentally in a slump especially if you don't have any type of routine that brings you life or brings you inspiration daily right or momentarily to get you going to spark you out of bed um and what i do is like i'm i've been in slumps before for weeks months years right and when you look back at the times that you're in slumps it's hard to see that it's uh really shaping you to for the better days to come because when you're in slumps you're bored right so you have to find something to do and a lot of people say you know they don't think they have a purpose or anything like that you can decide you can decide what the purpose is going to be it can be serving people it can be serving your your kids it can be your husband and whatever it is you have to give that effort towards that whatever that is for you you have to love it you have to give it life because if you don't pour into it then there's nothing's going to be there and people think that things just happen but they don't like love and whether if it's love whether if it's a business whether if it's making money because I feel like we were Uh, conditioned to be like that from birth your parents give you everything so you're not doing anything well if if you have that you know necessity and or you know you go to school they they have everything laid out for you um when you go to practice in football or basketball you have routine practice you have a set schedule whether if you're good or not you have a set schedule of what to do um and once you get done with all that what are you going to do there's nothing to do because you're not setting any schedules for yourself. You don't have any, you don't have a routine for self, whether it's reading, uh, training for self. And I've always been a self person. Um, I don't know, maybe God just give, gifted me that. Um, it was hard for me to just do everything that someone told me to do. I, I always said like, if we're a team, yeah, we're a team, but we're also individuals. 
right? Because what works for that person won't work for me. You know, your way of speaking won't, may not, you know, I may not receive it the same way that you say it to someone else. You know, we all have different languages of like how we receive things. So I've always been like looking at people that are like me, like, like I try to find people that are like me because sometimes you feel like you're weird, right? Like, well, I don't like this or I don't like that. So you just decide to like things that everybody else is like, but you probably really don't like it. So that's why I'm like a person that's like, I like to be around like-minded people or I'm going to sit around myself and find out what I like, even if it puts me in dark days until I jump out and figure this shit out. You know what I mean? And I've, I've, I've been willing to put myself in those times and those, and it's, it's, it's just from, I think it's some a gift and then some of just like, I just really want things. I don't know what I want. Sometimes I just want things and I just go after it. Right. Even if it doesn't work out. And sometimes I don't know when to quit, you know what I mean? So to just not get off topic, but to when I'm in, to keep myself going, like I like to read, um, I like to listen to different perspectives. Um, I like to get around people. I just love, I like getting around older people cause they have stories of what they've been through. And then it makes me feel good about where I'm at in my life right now. Cause this makes me feel like I'm not weird or I'm not alone and that we all have to go through our own path and we all have to go through pain, which we try to avoid. And I try to get as much pain early as possible. So I go after hard things, even, even if it doesn't bring me any money, but it brings me pain and I can somehow absorb it and be strong and still smile through it. And I know it will break somebody else. And then, it just gives me confidence that it's not breaking me because I'm aware that it can. So I don't let it. So it just gives me an upper hand in my head. And I just feel like, you know, I'm stronger or I'm, I'm better. Like everyone, no one wants to feel like they're not, they're less than. So I do things that make me feel superior or that would break the other person to make myself feel stronger. Um, so like reading, I'll read consistently. I will, do push-ups in the morning when I'm feeling like dry and like I need to wake up. I'll sometimes I'll scream in the car by myself just to, so I can feel alive. And it may sound weird, but doing that type of stuff, it wakes you up inside. Cause sometimes when, when have, when's the last time you just screamed? Right. Well, and you're <laughs> such a very, and I mean, it's the most respectful way. You're such a docile yeah. person. Yeah. But I have a really big dog inside of me that, I keep inside me when it's, and I only bring him out when, or bring out that enthusiasm when I, when I feel like, and I know I can do it more, but like I used to get in trouble playing football because they knew what I was capable of, like a lot of the coaches, but they felt like I was too like mellow and like reserved. Yeah. Until something happened, like maybe if I got beat for a touchdown or if I, I'll bring it out, but that's something that, I've always been like, like I've always been like super mellow, but once you get to know me, I'm not like if once the more time you spend around me, you'll, I'm very like, like I'm not what I showcase on like Instagram and like, I'm very fun. I talk a lot of shit. Um, but I'm just very like, I guess introvert. Like I don't want to put that out there all the time, like plan on putting it out there. Right. That's like how you said earlier. Like I, when he walked in, I'm like, what are we doing today? He's like, no, we're just going to just fucking wing it. But that's what I do. A lot of times, like I do that with my business. It may not be good, but I, I just wing a lot of things. I don't have a lot of plans of like what I'm going to do each and every time. I just, like I said, I'm very spontaneous sometimes. 
very spontaneous. I think that's the best. And even though a lot of type A personalities, which I am, by the way, Mm -hmm. don't like to be, it's the one element of me that I try to be more so in things that I'm scared of. Mm -hmm. So doing this sort of thing, it doesn't, it's not like it scares me, but it's a new venture for me. Even though I have a, a pretty deep archive of episodes, it's still every time I do it, it's, it's somewhat, uh, I get butterflies because it's important to me. It's important that whatever I deliver on here is meaningful to people and they can gain value from it because they're giving me their time. They'll never get that back. And that means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you said in the beginning, you started talking about how you have this dog inside of you mm-hmm. and most people either have that or they don't. And some people don't know how to bring it out. And they will always showcase it like all the time. It'll always be prevalent in their day-to-day life. And they, people don't want to be around that because it's very aggressive and it's very, um, it's almost like pernicious in nature and they don't want to be involved with that. Mm-hmm. But you're describing what we call as meek. You're a very meek individual. Meek is not a term for weak. Meek means there's a monster inside of you and you know how to control the beast. Mm-hmm. It's not something that comes out irrationally. It comes out in specific times where it needs to come out. And I think more of us could learn from that. You know, all of us have a monster. We're all capable of of very pernicious things and malevolent things, but at the same time, we control it. And I think that's what you do fairly well because I've never seen it. I've never seen that side of you, mm-hmm. but I believe it's in you because I can tell a lot from looking at someone's eyes. Mm-hmm. And I think you can too. It's the same. It's we gather a certain specific energies and we gather what that person is going to be is, is like rather. Mm-hmm. And that's something that is a, I would say how it just, it's, it's something of mass utility when you know you have a monster inside of you, but you know how to control it. You know, the fact is you wouldn't have a business if you weren't like that in some regard, Mm -hmm. because it's to be entrepreneur means you take a lot of losses It means you have to go through fears. It means you have to combat your fears. The only way you combat your fears is if you have some level of monstrosity, if that's even a word, (laughs) but a monster like notion to you. Because otherwise you can't attack those things and we need those things as we are entrepreneurs, because if not, we're going to crumble. We'll crumble under the threat. Yeah, I agree with you and you will crumble sometimes and we all crumble in, in some aspect of our life will crumble us, you know, humble us and it's just overcoming it. Um, sometimes a lot of people, it's just this raw, raw, hard work type thing. A lot of, I've learned sometimes you need to take a break because it's hard to to think and to uh, make decisions in chaos, especially when your mind's chaotic. Um, just give yourself some time. And uh, yeah, I mean like that, that monster we all have inside of us, it's like similar to a, a woman saving her child in, in need when she really has to, right? And those same type of actions can be taken in your business, those same type of act, same type of actions can be taken in your love life and anything, anything that you do is just that 
some people don't get out of their comfort zone so they may not see it and getting out of your comfort zone is not a bad thing it's scary it's like falling off a cliff because you don't know where you're going to land but that's the beauty of things and i understand that some people will never ever get to that point because they're very conservative and they don't question anything so they won't they will never put their toes on the edge um so it's a little extreme to some people but you have to put yourself in in that type of situation so you can see what you're capable of because if you don't know what you're capable of then you'll always live in fear and that's what most of us do we live in fear we live in we try to stay within this box and the box is some people's box is huge because they have money and the box is really big and they'll never get out the box but you know having money is great and it's necessity but having character having what most people will call is you know either balls or being ballsy or whatever taking risks and that can be just helping somebody like you it takes risk to help somebody like you helping someone that is in need that you know that's in need a lot of people will pass up on that opportunity as well and it takes character to do those type of things and just being you know just being in my life and just going around and meeting different people you know your life is is really what you what you make it and what your perspective is on where you want to go you know and how you see people how you see yourself and that's more important to me than than anything else like I've been around multi-millionaires and some of them don't have any character because they have a huge box of comfort and when you get money you have a huge ego how can you control that ego like if you don't have anybody around that can control your ego or that can humble you you're going to be out of control you're going to be completely out of control and some people may be like why does this person act like this or that like they don't understand that money brings you to a whole nother level of ego that you know that's why some people lose it all and that's why some people you know gang the whole world and you know. i want to add to that real quick because that's a that's a beautiful the, and it's factual sometimes people get weakened by money too you know there are unless you're somebody like um a damon john or uh, you know someone like that where he, he has had to work for everything he has nothing was given to him you're going to be weak. I mean, even at some regard, he's probably a lot softer now because he's got cushion to fall back on. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the beginning, he was hungrier. He had to be because he had his vision. He wanted to play out. He knew what he was worth. That's important to know what you're worth, even when you're worth shit. Right. Because most of us, we're worth shit right now, but we have something in us that is worth far more than we can see conceptually right now in the, in the forefront but we allow what we have currently to dictate our worth, not what we have in the future, what we're going to have in the future. And the fact of the matter is the money aspect, if you're brought in with money, it can weaken you. You know, oftentimes, oftentimes I almost feel like with myself, because I had a somewhat of a cushier childhood that I don't even know how I became the person that I am 
because I feel like I should be a lot weaker. And I feel like in, there are avenues that I am weak in and I fucking hate that. Mm-hmm. I hate weakness. And that's not going to be what I teach my child, provided I have a son. Mm-hmm. A daughter is a different story. But if I had a son and I see weakness, there's certain weaknesses that I'll allow because it's justifiable being that he's so young. But as he grows older, certain weaknesses that I got a pass on as a child, I'll not give a pass on with my child Mm -hmm. because I know what it can develop. And I don't want him to get inside of this world having that weakness lay residence in him. That would infuriate me because I love that child and I want him to be stronger than I was or than I am. Mm. And we're getting off topic, but no, that's a good, it's a good topic because a lot of people don't know how to parent and that's, that's our future. Like they don't know how to parent and and you can see it just from how adults now are acting. They don't have any, like I said, you don't have anybody around you to humble you. Right. So, um, I don't want to get off topic either, but you know, as my daughter, I I'm very, very tough on her as well, but I, I'm, I do it with love. If she messes up or if she's, being, you know, combative, you know, yeah, she needs to, you know, you have to correct her, but you love her after that. Don't, what I see is people correcting their kids and being mad at them still, like they're a kid, right? You have to, you have to correct them and then you love them to show them that what I corrected you on was not something that I hate you for. I still love you. I still understand why it happens because I still, I'm still going to fuck up right now. I'm still going to make mistakes. So, you know, I'm not going to be as hard, like, like make, make sure she's perfect. But I mean, shit, we're going to fuck up and, and they're going, your kid's going to make you upset in the future too. And they're going to do things that are going to disappoint you and embarrass you. Cause I did the same thing to my parents and I was a good kid at home. But when I was on the street, I was fucking up. I was fighting. I was around people with guns, you know, think my parents would never believe the things that I saw, because when, 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 when they're gone, I'm my own person. And I think parents think that they can just keep their kid in this cage. And that's the wrong thing to do. Cause I've seen kids in cages and right now they're out the cage, mm-hmm. like a wild animal out the cage. You got to let your kid go a lot of times and let them grow and learn mm-hmm. early. Yeah. Early, you know, don't, don't cage them early. Let them go out and experience things. Let them experience themselves. Let them fall a couple of times. You know, let them cry, let them feel pain and don't give them everything. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we have to learn how to work for things. Nothing's given to us. Even when you have money, you got to learn how to maintain it. You know, that's the hardest thing to do. That's, I struggle with maintaining as well. You know, like when you get money, how are you going to invest it properly? You know, when business slows down, I had four months of no, of like below 90% income. How are you going to, what are you going to do on those days? You know, no one's teaching you that and no one talks about it. They only talk about how to make money. How are you going to preserve it? How are you going to maintain it? How do you save money? You know, and there's things that need to be talked about that kids don't get either. You know, they don't, what, you're not going to talk to your kid about money until he's what, till he gets a job. That's what most people do. They're going to get a job and then they're going to be like, oh shit, I'm getting paid. So they get all happy that they're getting paid, but they don't know what to do with their money. So they go spend it all. You know, like I was brought up 
my, my, my family, my, my mom and dad, they hustled. They're from Jamaica. So we knew nothing about investing. We knew nothing about how to save for a rain. We just, we, they came from Jamaica. Every day we're trying to ball, right? We're trying to have fun. What? Invest? What? For when? You know what I mean? And that's, and that's, but that's important, you know, because that's how a lot of us think. And we're going to get that money. We're going to run through it, run it up. That's what people say. We're going to run it up. And that's not, that's not what you want to do. Because when you're older and you want to settle down and you, and you don't have the energy and you don't have the, that spark in the morning, you're old and you don't have, I mean, how many, how many people do you know over the age of 45 that still has that same drive at 20? Zero. Zero. But I feel like at that age, we should have a lot of, a lot of spark because we did all that work more earlier. Mm. Right. So now we should be able to chill, relax. And that's my goal. That's my goal. Chill at 45. Chill at 45. That's a good, that's a good plan. You know, I like that. Yeah. Let's some people are chilling at 65. <laughs> hey, a lot of people are chilling at 18 with, with social oh, media, man. They're, they're retired. They're retiring their parents. That's the only good thing from it. Yeah. Is that they are retiring their parents mm -hmm. because not many people can say that they can do that or that they did that. Mm -hmm. It is crazy how wealth is distributed to no talent talentless people mm -hmm. that make TikToks that are useless mm -hmm. that have no value that takes no talent or skill to make but because it's entertainment mm -hmm. and because other people follow it we can as businesses we can put our ad on this person's page and then that TikToker makes money etc etc I mean you know obviously how it works that's crazy to me but that's the age that we're in, dude. Mm -hmm. The only good thing is not the wealth they get because they don't know how to control their wealth. Mm -hmm. Let's be honest. 16 year olds living in mansions don't deserve that. Mm -hmm. They didn't do anything to get there other than make stupid videos mm -hmm. that are, and I don't mean this in a pejorative context, but are talentless. Mm -hmm. And you know that, mm -hmm. okay. What you do requires some talent. What Mark Zuckerberg dig requires talent what Damon John did requires talent not only talent but vision and vision to see it all the way through and be persistent and diligent and get gritty with it until it's something manifests or materializes itself the only thing good thing that comes from that is their ability to retire their parents and give back to their parents man that is the best thing out of it yeah I mean some people have great talent a lot of because I won't say that I won't I would say that a lot of them don't have talent, but I think there is, there's a quite a few that do have talent and that's the beauty of social media. And, um, it takes a lot of courage to put yourself out there in millions of people, millions of comments. Um, a lot of people have a lot of depression because they can't handle the negative. Um, so it does take a talent of handling people and being able to, even though they're not running a actual business, it turns into a business because they have so many customers and consumers people like watching them um depending on what they're posting yeah some of the stuff is just crazy and a lot of those people don't get paid you may think that they're getting paid but a lot of people if you just watch they're in their apartments you know they're in their little box you know with a million of followers it doesn't mean that they're business savvy unless someone comes and gives them a deal 
but then they have to maintain that deal. Then what happens when all their followers buy? They have to find another deal. So it does take a talent. Just because people have followers does not mean that they're rich. And I want people to understand that. Just because someone has, I know people with millions of followers that don't have any money because they don't know how to scale and they don't know how to, they don't have any people skills. They just know how to post, which is a, which is a skill, but monetizing that is another skill. Okay. And, and maintaining that once they get that one paycheck, they have to keep it going. And, you know, it's not like people are getting the amount of money to buy a house cash. They're still not able to purchase like a real asset, you know? So it's like, yeah, there's, I mean, we're printing money crazy anyways. So it's like, it's not like money is very valuable. It's not, and people give people so much hype with money. It's not, money is not very valuable. It's people can, people are scamming for money all day. That doesn't make them valuable. What you do with the money is what gives you talent is what makes you valuable is what makes you a, a human, you know? So I don't really pay attention to that. And I'm, I mean, they can get all the money they want. Sometimes they can hurt them. They can get, they can buy more drugs. They can, they can buy more harmful things for themselves. Right. And we have to really be cautious about wanting to help those type of people. Cause they don't, it's like getting an NFL player millions of dollars and he came from the hood and he knows nothing about money. He knows nothing but the hood. He knows nothing but his hood lifestyle. And people make fun of those type of people. We should we should really try to help those people because they honestly they don't when they hear people bashing them, it makes them want to do that even more because people don't love them anyways, right? They that's why they do it. They want attention, and that's why we do a lot of things that we do. So when they have a shitload of money, they're gonna get a shitload of attention, and they're gonna get a shitload of hate. But all they're gonna pay attention to is the hate, and they're gonna make people hate them even more with doing stupid shit a lot of times they get wrapped up in managers that are greedy and the managers take advantage of them because they know nothing because they know nothing about me exactly and i should be clear when i say talentless or Mm -hmm. no skilled people i'm referring to people that dance Mm -hmm. in front of the camera and Mm -hmm. do the the trendy tiktok dances Mm -hmm. that's who i am envisioning in my head Mm -hmm. you're right man there are a lot of people that once they get to a platform where they're like i follow this guy called uh, i think his name's uh tayden on tiktok Mm -hmm. he's so fucking funny dude like (laughs) and the way they splice their screens and they make like a short video clip yeah okay that's talent. Right. That guy could be on SNL. Mm-hmm. Like he really could be on it. He plays a bunch of different characters. Mm-hmm. Tayden Say is his name. I don't know. It's one of those. It's like Tayden, Tayden something, Tayden Say. Mm-hmm. He just makes me laugh, man. And he's mm-hmm. a young kid. He's got like 3 million followers. Now the thing is, what he does is talent. Like, I really believe that there's more to him than just even that. Mm -hmm. There's more he could do if he was given the right opportunity. Mm -hmm. But I'm sorry. If you're dancing in front of a TV or in front of a, of a, of a phone screen and you're doing a trendy TikTok dance, Mm -hmm. no, zero talent, call a spade a spade, man. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean you don't have any talent in you, but you're following the fucking trends. Mm -hmm. That's all you're doing. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is something that I wanted to talk about with you. You, your product is called Taylor made. Mm-hmm. I love that name. What is the Genesis behind that name? 
I grew up on a street in Corona called Taylor Avenue. Okay. <laughs> so it was like, it was nothing like, Dwight, I thought it was going to be something more I prolific. Know, it was nothing like, I know everyone, everyone thinks it's like, oh, it's tailored. I'm like, nah, me and my buddy, we were like, we grew up on Taylor Avenue and it was first just tailored fitness because we grew up on Taylor Avenue and we, we used to work out in the front yard, play football in the street, tackle football in the street, sideline pop in the street. And we're like, this was just Taylor Ave, you know, it was just like that. And it wasn't nothing crazy. And, um, yeah, I didn't put too much thought behind it. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> well, the, the, you know, the thing about it is that we're all somewhat tailor made in our own regard. Yeah. And that's, that's what I love about your name because even though that was the real genesis of it, <laughs> uh, I think it also can be, can be divided up into other into other ways to people to see that you know like the fact that you that this is what it's called and people do come to you and say you know oh it's like like they think it's something else yeah, right yeah. it's it's it speaks to it speaks to you really you may not have have not thought about it like like this but you know you grew up on Taylor Avenue so that's the reason why you're tailor made we get it I get that mm-hmm. But really, this name is indicative of your ability to mold yourself into the person that Dwight is today. Mm-hmm. So we're all tailor-made. In you, in your words, you say we have we can choose these. You can choose to be. Fuck! I'm gonna jumble it. Choose purposes. Yeah, we all have a decision. A decision, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. We all have a decision of what purpose we can have in life. Mm-hmm. Well, you're essentially tailor making yourself, right? You're becoming tailor made in regards to that purpose. And that's something that we have a choice with every day. And that's the tailor made slogan is, well, it's not a slogan, but the name of your business is, is so, it touches on that mm-hmm. because you're not saying that, but you're inadvertently saying that, right? That you can tailor that you you can you're a tailor made to the specific purpose that's entangled or you're infused with mm-hmm. or that you want to that you're gonna make a decision with in life, mm-hmm. you know like we're we're obviously hardwired with certain gifts and talents, mm-hmm. and that comes out of us with our specific purpose in life. Mm-hmm. We gravitate towards certain things in life, mm-hmm. uh, you know over others. Like you didn't gravitate towards construction, mm-hmm. you know. Clearly, you're not a general contractor today. Mm-hmm. You're in the fitness industry. You're a personal trainer. You make personal training products. And that's something that is going to probably be, it's it's safe to say it's going to be your legacy. Mm-hmm. Or it's going to be an extension of your legacy mm-hmm. that you leave behind. Mm-hmm. But I just love the the name Taylor made because it speaks on so many other levels, man, mm-hmm. you know, and the fact that more people, if they saw themselves as that, that would in and of itself resurrect more worth mm-hmm. in their life. How do, how do you think people can find their worth? Well, this isn't a podcast about me, <laughs> Dwight, <laughs> but you know, I feel as though you have to put yourself out there and engulf yourself in challenges so that you are able to extract 
what you're capable of, to see what you're capable of. That forms competency. When competency is formed, that forms confidence. When confidence is formed, that's the that's the pre that's the pre precept prerequisite you need to go on to new challenges in life and keep moving up yourself in terms of levels. But you the more it's like it's playing Super Mario Brothers. The higher level you get, the more confident you feel at tackling the entire game and beating the entire game. Life is a fucking game. And the more you can, the more you can surpass these specific levels in life, the more confident you become, the more competent you're able to be. And this all is encompassed around your self-worth. Even though, even though self-worth is probably arbitrary to say the least, it's still something that we can, we can, we can found ourselves on in terms of like how we see each other, you know, what my self-worth is, how I feel about myself, but that's all going to be predicated on what you're able to do in life and what challenges you're able to overcome. Cause again, through the challenges come competency through the competency comes confidence and through the confidence begets a new challenge, but a higher threat level to be, to be faced with, but you know that you can overcome it cause you've got all these other things under your belt. You've surpassed all these other levels in life. I like that. And what, what you, to me, what you just explained to me was just finding momentum, finding momentum. And I went to a seminar and, uh, there was some great real estate investors there. And they said that that stuck with me. Momentum is very jealous and not loyal. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause that's what keeps you doing what you're doing. Um, you find the momentum, you find something that works and then you keep it going. But when momentum stops, when things, you know, derail you, how are you going to find more momentum? How are you going to, and we have to figure out what gives us the momentum. What, what, what gives us that fire to want to do what we, what we do right now, whether if you're getting paid, whether if you stop getting paid, whether you get paid a lot of money, cause you can get paid for what you're doing and to get comfortable and not have that fire. So what's giving you that fire to do what you're doing right now. And I, I can already tell what the answer is for you. Um, I, you're very passionate when you speak um, and you, you love, you just love that connection with the person that you're in front of. And you like to figure out what, 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 how can you, how can I relate to this person and what is giving them that fire as well? You know, because you all, you, like you said, you know, that everyone has that dog in them and you show it every time you get on here. Cause you're very, passionate about what you're doing like you're very very passionate about what you're doing and I can feel that passion that you take this shit very serious as well this is not something that you just like a like a crazy dumb hobby you know this is like this is like something that you do with your heart you know and that's, I appreciate that's that, that's man. I can I can tell thank I can you tell. Man. so that's good man and I'm I'm happy you brought me on here too as well we I appreciate <laughs> you man I really really appreciate that man those words hit hit really hard with me um, it's not often that I'm told that and, and then also told that by someone that is in your position that understands it, that it always means more to you when you get a compliment from somebody who's like-minded and in your space mm-hmm. or even or doing the same thing you're doing or even levels above your space, mm-hmm. you know? So, so thank you for that, bro. It's good, man. Um, 
it's like getting a compliment from a man on your body, right? <laughs> you get you get a compliment from a man, and he's and it's no homo. That's some shit, bro. Right, right. You know, but it, but a woman, it's like you expect it. Right, you know, right. oh, you know what I'm saying. Right. But when you get a compliment, it's like, hey man, it's fun. You know, you're, you know, and they always like stutter. You you good good shape, man. How long have you been working out? And they try to like you know. Like, well, when I was young, I used to bench press 365. Uh, right. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> what do you do now? But anyways, no, man. So it's always like that compliment. Yeah. It means so much more. There's context behind compliments, man. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I thank you for that, bro. Yeah. It means a lot to me, man. Yeah, no problem. No problem, man. Um, I, <laughs> you know, the, the, the thing about momentum is funny because that's such a beautiful point. You, they, how you conveyed it 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 i know you took it from a real estate mm-hmm. speaker was mm-hmm. that what it is a, yeah it was just a it was just a seminar and he he they just talked about you know why people don't get really get started you know and yeah momentum was just something that i took because like i said momentum is very is it is jealous it's very jealous and it's not loyal like when, when you have it what are you going to do with it right you have all these ideas i'm going to do this i'm going to do that I'm going to do this. And you get, you know, you're just like pumped with a bunch of caffeine. Mm. Right. But then what happens when the caffeine burns out? Right. When you have no one to talk to, when there's no one there, your business is slow. How are you going to build the momentum to get yourself going again? How do you do it? That's, that's what people have to answer for themselves. I can't like, you have to decide, right? Like I said, decision-making, like you can decide that I want to quit this is not for me right and if you believe that story is going to happen or you can decide that i want to keep going and i have to figure it out but when there's no momentum and there's no one there to inspire you no one's talking to you you got to speak to yourself and you have to figure out what gives you that fire before you're set on fire right because when you have no choice then obviously you're going to get moving but what about your downtime you know your downtime and the times that you don't know what to do next, what's going to build that momentum to keep you going? Sometimes you get an idol, man, and you don't have momentum at all. And even right. if you had momentum, you had some steam back behind you a couple months prior. It's like now you feel like you're at a standstill. You're an idol. And it's like sometimes you just have to continuously do the things that you know that you've done in the past that are familiar to you to gather more momentum. Yep. And a lot of times that's that that transition before you pick up momentum again, it can be months or years, mm-hmm. but the, the alternative of quitting should be non-negotiable. Like there, that shouldn't be a negotiation that you have with yourself ever. Mm-hmm. And that's something that people put on the table too often. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm in, well, quitting's here. It's, it's available. Mm-hmm. That shit should never be available, Mm -hmm. especially if it's something that you're hardwired to do. Mm -hmm. You haven't cultivated yet the seeds that are in you, period. You're too young. You're too much in your infancy. Mm -hmm. And I say that when you've worked for 15 years doing this thing, Mm -hmm. you're too much in your infancy. You might not take off till you're fucking 45. You may not even take off. You may not even, but at least (laughs) you're going to be doing something that you find value in. And that ignites you almost every day. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that you would, even if you had enough money to retire, 
and you're just wired different, you're not going to retire. You may not work as much, but that's what people just have this whole, that's stigma of working till retirement. And then you burn yourself out till you get to what, 60, what's the retirement age, 65. Mm -hmm. And you sit around and you're going to die. As soon as you start to sit around, you're going to die. Mm -hmm. You're going to die. Cause there's with no movement, you're not progressing. And then once the brain stops progressing, you're done. Right. And in order to get the body to move, the brain has to be active, extremely active. And a lot of people, brains are not active. They just do what they're told to do. And that's why you have to have that passion. You have to have that fire and whatever, even if you're working at Walmart, you have that passion to serve people. You don't have to be, I just think people compare themselves way too much and they're like, I'm not making this money. I don't have this yet. I, I used to, when I was in college, I used to clean toilets. I was a janitor to go back because once I didn't make it to the NFL, I didn't make it after everything happened with, you know, pro day and all that stuff, didn't run good times or whatever. You got to go back to work, right? I mean, I still play in the Arena Football League for eight years, but before I got signed to the Arena Football League, I had to finish school. And I went back. I was a janitor scrubbing toilets, cleaning after people. And at first it was like, I was just a player on the on the football team. Now I'm a janitor. I'm a janitor. I'm, after the game's over, I'm helping clean up with some teammates that I used to play with. And that type of character that you build from doing that makes you have a different respect and perspective of life. It makes you respect the janitors, right? It makes you respect the people that are cleaning up, that are doing the little things that we overlook, that we refuse to tip, right? That we refuse to say thank you when we walk by, that we refuse to have the respect when they're taking your order. That's the type of character that I'm talking about. And that's the type of person that I try to build or be around. I don't care how much, I, I can care less how much money somebody has. I have so many friends that have so much money, I don't hang out with them because they don't have the character I want to be around. They don't have the respect. And when somebody re- corrects me on being disrespectful or not paying attention to somebody, I like that because people need attention. They need love. And that you can trigger someone to have a really good day by respecting them and by giving them the attention that they deserve. And that's what people need to realize that you're, you're important. You matter. And even if no one thinks you're this highly person that's, you know, controlling a business or running a business and all this shit that people think is the greatest thing in the world. It's not, they don't tell you about how much stress they're dealing with. They don't tell you about the dark days that they have of wanting to kill themselves or, or wanting to do things to themselves because they don't know what to do next or they don't have anybody around or they don't know what to do with their money. They don't because when it, what comes with money is a lot of responsibility and it comes with a lot of pressure and a lot of people that don't want you for who you are. They just want you what you can do for them. So, you know, going back to my point is, you know, have the respect, have the character that you want and there shows people the respect that you want and then you will be successful in life because I get all of my deals. I get all of my people that want to work for me just by showing them love and respect and shouting them out 
and giving them confidence and they'll want to do anything for you for free. They'll, you won't, you won't even have to ask people for anything because they're going to want to do stuff for you because you're showing them respect and attention and people, they've lost that because what do we do now? We just judge this person and we don't even know these people. We just judge them, right? So everyone's used to being judged. I'm sure people judge you all the time by how you speak, by what you say, by being yourself, but they don't know who you are. They haven't been around you long enough, right? So Show people love and respect, have that gratitude, have that humbleness to be able to get to know people before you judge them or before you have anything negative to say about them. And then, yeah, you can have something negative to say about them after you know them. Yeah, he's a fucking asshole. I've been around him. He's a dick, right? But when you don't know people and you don't show people the respect, that person can help your business and that person can put you to the next level just by you giving them the attention that they need. Hey, man, that was beautifully said, man. Beautifully said. Dwight, we got an hour in, man. That's good. That's good. Listen, man, I just want to thank you for your time, bro. That's good. And I love that talk. I love (laughs) that talk, man. Um, Where can people find you if they're not already following you? Uh, D underscore McLean Instagram. And uh, that's about it. I'm on Twitter. I'm not active on there, but I'm going to be. And I'll be more active on uh, YouTube. Um, that's about it. <laughs> so Taylor made bands too. You want to Taylor made bands page? Yep, you mm-hmm. can you can follow me on Taylor made bands. Um, you know if you need some bands, holla at me. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Done. <laughs>